only been through a small process like this. My family and I, we had uh, the book Peyton. And I remember I was in NFL Europe at that time playing and we were at all these people from the book from they were asking us questions about the book. And I was trying to focus on football at the time and just make the get back and make the Titans team. But I remember the process of how in depth it was for me. I remember sitting for hours in a room just being like writing stuff. And then I felt like I couldn't stop writing. This book, though, this is this is a passion for you. And to me, it's so cool. It's the baseball 100. And for me, I, I could only imagine how tough it is. How tough it w- was it for you to sit down and write this book? Well, look, you 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 just couldn't have nailed it anymore. You know, you just you just want to keep going and keep going. This thing is 900 pages long. So, you know, I did keep going. Um, it was a blast, an absolute blast. I mean, to write about the 100 greatest players in baseball history, to, to be able to tell 100 different stories uh, from, from the game. Uh, I mean, it's it's what I live for. So, I mean, it was absolutely incredible. The It's out now, it's in, and, it's, and it's in the public, and people are talking about it. And, it, you know, it blows my mind because, you know, you know that feeling when you're writing the thing, you know somewhere in your back of your mind, you know, it's going to be out there eventually, but when it actually gets out there, you're like, wow, now all of these things that I was doing in my, you know, room by, all by myself, uh, now it's out there in the public and everybody's seeing it. And it's, uh, it's pretty great. Please tell me what the research on a project is like this. Um, it was pretty intensive for me. It was, it was a lot of newspaper research a lot of uh, you know book reading and 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 you know some some you know more modern interviewing but honestly uh you know when they when they put this book out they said do you think it's fair to say that this you spent your life uh on this book and it is i mean this book is you know 25 30 years of me covering baseball i mean this is you know interviews from throughout my my career and my life and 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 then all of this extra research i did on top of that uh it's uh it's pretty well researched but it's i mean it was again that's half the fun for me was was finding out things about these players that i didn't know uh and 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 telling those stories it was awesome you, you took my next question. I mean, yeah, a lot of people know the guys that are in this book, but is there a story that maybe jumped out to you that maybe most people didn't know about a player? I think there are a lot in here. I mean, you know, there are, one of my favorite parts about this book is there are players in this book that I would imagine even the most intensive baseball fans will know either nothing about or have never heard of the guy because there are several Negro Leagues players in this book, including obviously the the most famous one, Satchel Page and Josh Gibson, those guys are going to be in here. But also players like Bullet Rogan and and uh, and and Pop Lloyd and Buck Leonard. I mean, guys that people might not know very much about or anything at all. Uh, so there's lots of stuff like that. But I tried really hard. And you'll appreciate this because because obviously you had to do the same thing. I tried really hard to find at least one thing about every player that like their most intensive fan wouldn't know. And I don't, I don't know if I succeeded, but I wanted to find something about every, even the most even Babe Ruth, even Willie Mays, even Roberto Clemente. I wanted to find something that maybe they didn't know a story they had not heard. Uh, so that was part of the fun. All right. So I'm not a baseball aficionado. I love the game. My kid plays the game, but I've seen kind of the changes over time. Right. And how, tough was it for you when you're going through and breaking down this list uh, everybody has is going to 
judge this list at all. But I think about for you how difficult it was for for pitchers because you look back in the day, pitchers used to go all day, every day. And now you're seeing starting pitchers go five or six innings and it's changed the dynamics. Did that factor into where guys were placed? Very much, very much so. The changes in the game are very much a part of it. But you'll you'll appreciate this. I am currently on my on my blog, my website, counting down the 101 greatest pro football players ever. And I have to tell you that compared to baseball, that's much harder, right? The game has changed so much more in football than it ever could change. The rules have changed and, and the game has changed and the size of players has changed. So there is something about baseball that I think does carry on through the years. Uh, and, and so even though there's no question that the game that Walter Johnson or Satchel Paige pitches a lot different than Max Scherzer or Clayton Kershaw today, but at the same time, uh, there's something that, that carries through the years and, and you really can find a way uh, to compare uh, because the game is still the game in, in a lot of ways. Man, Joe, I, I talk about this all the time. You just gave me goosebumps because I try to figure out in the game of football, I, I, I'm always trying to figure out like the guys that are the goats that you look at. doesn't matter, especially at the running back position, Jim Brown, yes. Daryl Sayers. I always feel like the greats, you can put them in any era and they would probably do what they did in their era. Do you look at it that way? Because definitely. I've always wanted to ask somebody that, but that's always been my train of thought when I look at, especially in the game of football. Definitely. Well, I mean, and, and to me, that's the same in baseball and football. When I look at the greatest players in football history, because for, for, that's very much on my mind, so I'm doing that right now. Uh, I think to myself, how good would Paul Warfield have been today, right? How good would, would you know, if, if Paul Warfield's numbers are nothing compared to the receivers of today. But you know, if Paul Warfield played by the rules of today, if Walter Payton played by the rules of today, the numbers would just skyrocket, you know, accordingly. And and so it's, you know, baseball is different because the numbers have actually gone down rather than up. You know, you, we're not going to have 400 hitters anymore. We're not going to have 30 game winners anymore. I mean, those kinds of things uh, are, are really of the past. But I truly do believe that a player who is dominant in the 20s, the 30s, the 50s, the 70s, the 90s now would be dominant in any era, that they would adjust to their time. I really do believe that greatness crosses the years like that. When you get to that top 10, I'll send you that check to make sure my dad's in the top five. <laughs> it's all good. It's all oh, yeah. Good. I, I'll, I'm not going to give anything away, but yeah, he'll, yeah, he's, he's going to be pretty good. I think he'll be pretty good with it. Well, currently right now, the White Sox are the hottest thing in Chicago right now, and rightfully so. This postseason, it's, it's, it's right here. And they have everything that you want you know, for a postseason run. But Houston has had their number all regular season. Do you like the White Sox chances, or do you think that Houston and their lineup is just going to do what they've done all season long. I got to tell you, I find the whole American League to be wide open. I mean, wide open. I think Tampa Bay might be the best team one day, and then I think Houston might be the best team one day, and then I think Chicago might be the best team one day, and then I think nobody wants to play the Yankees one day. Like, I like everything that goes along the lines in the American League, I just find to be completely wide open. I think the White Sox have a, a great shot against Houston. I think it's pretty evenly matched. I mean, Houston, Houston's good. I mean, we know that's a that's a terrific lineup. I do like the White Sox pitching. I I feel like the White Sox 
they, to me, they've got an energy about them. I mean, the Astros have been there before. They've been there around, and you can you can look at their experience and all that. But I really like the energy around that uh, White Sox team right now. Um, I, to me, it's a toss-up. I mean, I think it's really, really going to be close. I just feel that way about the American League. I feel like the National League is really down. I think there are two teams that are way better than everybody else, and the Giants and the Dodgers. I don't feel that way at all about uh, the American League. I just kind of feel like it could be anybody. Yeah, there is no super team in the American League. But how cool is it, though, when you look at both these managers for both of those ball clubs, Dusty Baker and Tony La Russa, that right there is it's another movie inside of a movie. <laughs> I am. OK, so, I've, you know, I'm, I'm going to come clean. I'm not the world's biggest Tony La Russa fan, not not for any other reason other than than you know, I, I just. I love Dusty. I just love Dusty so much. And of course, I want the White Side. I love that team. I want that team to do well. But I so desperately want Dusty to, to, to get his World Series. I, I just feel like he, nobody deserves it more. Uh, you know, obviously, everybody knows him in Chicago from the heartbreak with the Cubs. And, you know, that's sort of been his career. He's all everywhere he goes, he wins. And everywhere he goes, something at the end happens and, and, and they never win it. And I think it's, it's led people to really underappreciate what a great manager is. Tony Russo is in the Hall of Fame. Tony Russo has won a bunch of World Series. Um, I really want it for Dusty. But, uh, you know, look, I, I, give, I give Tony Russo his due. I mean, look at, look at what this team has done. And, and this, is a, this is a White Sox team that absolutely could go all the way. Who do you like to advance in the wild card matchups? Well, look, Yankees, Red Sox, right? I mean, we we all have a little, uh, we all have some feelings about that. It's going to be fun. It's going to be at Fenway. The interesting thing to me is that game at Fenway Park is exactly what the Yankees want, right? Like the Yankees want that that with that right-handed pitch and power hitting that they've got. You know, yeah, that's what they want. They want that. They want the monster, the green monster out there in left field for them. I think that in weirdly puts the Red Sox at a disadvantage. Uh, it's going to be tough to beat that, that, that Yankees team uh, with all that right-handed power. Uh, and then the, the national league, it's just weird because look, the Dodgers are so dominant and yet one game they're out. Right. I mean, and that's a, that's a hot Cardinals team that they're going to be playing a team that won whatever 16 or 17 in a row. And, and certainly on one given day, they could beat the Dodgers, knock them out. We might have the super team uh, that all of us were talking about out of the playoffs after the first game. So a lot on, a lot on the line with both of these wildcard games. Joe, man, I appreciate you, man. Awesome. Thank You're you.